We moved into our house last summer, and we've been talking about planting some blueberry bushes. It will take three years to get a full crop of blueberries, and that seems like a really long time. But there's something mystical and wonderful about planning ahead, planting something now that won't bear fruit right away. Gardening's hard work. Many of us are just getting outside and getting our hands in the soil for the first time this season and remembering that it's physical work, pruning and weeding, watering and feeding. It reminds us of muscles that go unused in other parts of our lives. The tending of new life, the stewardship of possibility, requires a discerning eye, imagination, and stamina. In the early morning garden, Mary Magdalene discovered the empty tomb. She ran to tell Peter and the other disciple. And those two men were so anxious to see what she was talking about, they got in a foot race to get there. Finding that the tomb was indeed empty, and not knowing what to make of it, they leave and go home. Mary, on the other hand, stays. She waits outside the tomb, unable to leave without knowing what happened. Mary Magdalene also stayed at the foot of the cross when nearly everyone else fled. Mary's devotion to Jesus is unflinching in the face of his humiliation and execution. And now his body has disappeared. And Mary weeps. The gardener asks her why she's weeping, who she's looking for. What did this gardener look like? Was he wearing his grubbiest clothes with dirt under his fingernails and up to his elbows? Was he on his knees pulling weeds or thinning some overgrown shrub or carrying water to a newly planted tree? And why would a gardener pause at a woman weeping in front of a tomb? Bewildered at the attention of a stranger, Mary answers, Just tell me where he is and I will take him. And Jesus, in the midst of new, fresh life of the garden, speaks her name. Just her name. Mary knows his voice instantly. The way he speaks her name so tenderly, with so much love, is the way our beloved calls each of us by our name. Mary wants to throw her arms around Jesus. Imagine her delight, her amazement. She saw Jesus die on the cross. She helped dress his cold body. She knew he was really dead. Not unconscious, not asleep, 
dead. For three days. In a tomb with a big heavy stone in front of it. Jesus was dead and now he's alive. Despite her elation, Jesus cautions Mary not to hold on to him. While resurrection to new life is amazing, ascension to eternal life is the return to wholeness he knows is still coming. The risen Jesus will spend the next 50 days with his disciples, nurturing their young ministries, watering and feeding seeds of compassion and healing, courage and hope, encouraging them to find their own words and ways of sharing the good news of their new life with the whole world. Mary, who goes and tells the disciples about seeing the risen Jesus, is the first evangelist. She is the first to tell the good news that Jesus who died has risen in order that we might have new life. In a tradition whose story is so often told through the acts of men, this faithful and unflinching woman holds an amazing role. Some traditions teach that Mary Magdalene was a prostitute. It's likely that she was a very wealthy woman. And since she had money of her own and did not rely on a man to take care of her, she was as countercultural as Jesus was. So the powers that be called her a prostitute and Jesus a criminal in an attempt to diminish their power and influence. Tradition holds that after Jesus ascended, Mary went to Rome to the emperor's court, and as a wealthy woman, she was admitted to court. She told the emperor about how poorly Pilate administered justice during Jesus' trial and how Jesus had risen from the dead. To explain the resurrection, she picked up an egg from the table. The emperor responded that a man could no more rise from the dead than the egg in her hand turn red. And the egg immediately turned red. Icons of Mary Magdalene often show her holding a red egg. Mary continued to preach about the resurrection for the rest of her life. Returning to the garden of our lives, we find Jesus the gardener tending new life, and Mary the evangelist witnessing to the good news. What tendril of growth planted in us long ago or even recently is emerging in us. Jesus, by his example, invites us to tend our own new life, lives as clean and fresh and new as if we had just been baptized, lives of hope that bear fruit this season and in time to come, lives that are holy and blessed by God, blessed by God's forgiveness and grace. 
Mary inspires us to tell the world about how God desires us, how God calls us by name in the moments of our despair, confusion, and hopelessness, how God isn't done with the creation or with tending new life. Mary bids us to share how God comes to us, speaks to us, invites us to be part of creating that world of peace that Jesus preached. The world where all creation is treasured and respected because it is part of our beloved's garden. Gardening is hard work. It requires intention. So exercise those muscles of faith and imagination. Plant flower seeds, lettuce seeds for now, and blueberries for later. Prune and weed judiciously and prayerfully. Water and feed, even when it seems nothing is happening. By the grace of God, our garden will grow and bear fruit. The tomb is empty. The story is ours to live and tell. Go and share the good news that God forgives, loves, and desires us. Go and be part of creating new life. Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia.